Welcome to the DJE Podcast, where you will learn about real estate investing from real life examples. Here's your host, Devin Elder. Hey guys, today on the show, we've got Whitney Sewells, a friend of mine, tremendous entrepreneur with an incredible story, right? He was a police officer, uh, you know, kind of working class guy, started getting into real estate. Bottom line is they're, they're doing, you know, $30 million deals now today, right? With his partner syndicating deals. Uh, he's the founder of LifeBridge Capital. They also give a substantial portion of their profits to their to their nonprofit organization. Really inspiring stuff there. Uh, Whitney is a, a great example of a guy that just committed and busted his tail for as long as it took a couple of years, right? Which in retrospect is not a, a, a great amount of time, but he's built this company from nothing. They're doing huge multifamily deals now. They're giving back through their foundation, having a big impact. It's everything you want to hear in an entrepreneurial story. And uh, it's all through his, his dedication, hard work, team, and, and he talks about all of it, the whole process. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this show. Before we get into the episode, some housekeeping. If you want to see future DJE investment deals and you're not already on our list seeing that, uh, go to djetexas.com, deltajulietechotexas.com. And there's a little button there to schedule a quick call with our team or to just register an investor account and we can get you set up develop that relationship. We can show you case studies and all that stuff on our company, what we've, what we've done over uh, the past bunch of years. And, uh, and then you can see future projects that we put out when we have them. Secondly, if you want to be somebody like Whitney today and go out and run your own deals and build your own company, we built apartmenteducators.com to coach people through how to do that. We show you our exact business systems and models, plug you into our network, push the fast forward button. Um, that's available at apartmenteducators.com. And we've got some great free video courses that I teach there to share more about this business model if that's the route you want to take. Okay, let's jump into the episode with Mr. Whitney Sewell. Here we go. Whitney, welcome. Good to see you again. My pleasure, Devin. Uh, honored to be here. Yeah, great, great to have you on, man. It's been a little while since we spoke last. You and I have kept up over the years and it's been really inspiring to see the growth of your company. I see you guys deals coming out, closing big multifamily deals. And, you know, this is not a business you've been doing for 25 years, right? I mean, this is something where you got into it, got coached, built the business and like have really built it at a good clip, um, which is awesome. And, that, and, and that's why I want to catch up with you on it. But to just kind of take it back for folks that... Um, have not already heard one of your thousand podcast episodes. Whitney hosts a daily podcast and like seven days a week daily. And as a podcast host myself, a much less committed podcast host with the weekly show, I just hats off to you, man, on publishing a, a daily podcast consistently for you know over a thousand episodes now. But let's let's back it up. You know, who are you? Where are you from? How'd you how'd you get to real estate? And I have not been in commercial real estate for 25 years, to say the least, but the Lord has blessed our business in ways. And 
I mean, and we're, I mean, it's just been amazing, uh, but it's been, it hasn't, it's been, it's, I feel like I've put in 25 years of work almost in the last, you know, three or four years. It's sure. been quite intense to say the least. I'll share a little about that so you can have a better understanding and, and ask questions about it, of course. But I go back, Devin, to March of 2001. And I say March of that year, because, you know, six months later is when we were attacked uh, as a country. And, right. and uh, in March of that year is when I decided to join the military. I was 17. And I mean, you know, we didn't have any idea we were going to war, right? But right. Uh, but I just felt like it was the right thing to do. And, and I thought, you know what, I, I want to serve and I want to join the military. And, and I was I signed up for the guard. I ended up having two years of active duty, even in the guard. Uh, but uh, what, what I found was spending myself spending a year in Iraq uh, just a few years later and, uh, you know, toting around a machine gun, praying every day I get to go home. Uh, you know, unfortunately, not everyone in my squad, you know, made it home. Uh, and right. so just lots of hard life lessons there and just helped shape me really uh, in a, in a good way, I think, but uh, I'm so thankful. at the time, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I think I was 21 when I actually, or yeah, 21 when I finally went overseas for a year or something like that. And then, uh, yeah, it just, man, it just puts so many things in perspective. Right. And, right. and I, I say the military taught me to have that never give up mentality, you know, I mean, in combat, in that situation, it's just not an option to give up. It doesn't matter how you're feeling that day. Other people are depending on you, right? I mean, you have to perform. It's just not an option in some of the hardest, you know, environments you can imagine. Uh, and so, so I came home from there though, Devin, and, and I, I couldn't, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do as a career, right? I, you know, I got this military time now. I thought, you know what, I don't have any college and uh, law enforcement seems like a great transition. I love the uniform, the structure, the discipline. Uh, and it sure. was, there was 1200 applicants for five positions. And I, I was wow. able, I was blessed to have one of those five with Kentucky state police. I loved working the road as a police officer. I loved the service and, and I was doing it before I was married too. So, I mean, I, I would be out every Friday and Saturday night, just getting into all kinds of stuff, but having a great time, I would have done it for free. Uh, however, I, I got married and quickly discovered, Hey, this is, this is difficult. You know, I mean, we just passed each other. My wife and I, Chelsea just passed each other in the hallway the first whole year of marriage. And finally I was like, okay, this is, this is just not what's best, you know? And, but I, I felt crippled. Like I, I didn't have any college. Right. And that's the way I was raised thinking, right. I mean, you know, it's like almost hard to get a good job without that education, right. That, that degree of some kind. Sure. And, and so I just felt crippled. I thought, well, policing is all I know to do. What, what can I do? You know, this was 2009 now, 2008, eight ish. And, and I was introduced to Rich Dad, Poor Dad, amongst many other things. And my eyes were open to, wait a minute, you know, like all these people have built wealth in real estate. Surely I can like at least supplement my income as a police officer. That was my thought then. Like I said, this was 2008-ish, 9-ish. And I had no idea about the, the crash. And I mean, that didn't affect me making $25,000, $30,000 a year as a police officer. You know, I didn't, you know what I mean? Sure. That just didn't affect me like it did a lot of people at that time. And and so I, I started learning more about it and quickly bought two triplexes. And, you know, when I look back, I think why the bank gave us the loan for that, I have no idea, you know, but they did. <laughs> and we <laughs> learned so much. I love yeah, it. yeah. I, I don't know how that happened, but it did. And, and my wife and I, we'd been married about a year and I, we bought a, a, a small house and a little farm and we were remodeling this house while living in it while I was also managing self-managing these two triplexes and not the best part of town while also being a police officer. Like I said, newly married. My, my poor bride was washing dishes in the bathtub for way too long. And, and I mean, it was, 
you can imagine the stress, right? Uh, but uh, on that new marriage and, and just passing each other in the hallway still, and we were like, you know, something's got to change, right? Uh, you know, it's something, you know, the departments were not paying us anything, you know, and I'm trying to manage them and get new tenants. And it, anyway, it was a mess to say the least. We learned a lot. It was our own university, but I quickly, I, I then soon became a federal agent and, and that moved us to Virginia in Roanoke where we live now. I did that for nine years or so roughly uh, before going full-time real estate. But during that time, I got up to like a 15 unit apartment building. And man, we thought, I mean, I really thought that we were doing something, right? I mean, it seemed like uh, that was already stretching my mind so much thinking, right. you know, when I, like, when I was, I was really thinking years ago though, that it'd be single family duplexes, those things. But when I started figuring out how many doors that was going to take and how much, like, I just thought, well, there's no way I can manage all those. There's no way that I can like keep doing this federal agent thing. And, and I was actually training horses professionally at this time as well. And that, that seems so far out left field, right? All but, of this, uh, again, federal agents, uh, doing yeah, houses, uh, horses. You, I love it, man. I've got to have a, a something off up here, right? Thinking we're working this many hours, but, <laughs> but it was just a passion I had since I was a little boy. And I share that to say, you know what? A lot of listeners probably have a passion, yes. something that, Hey, they just like, it may be fishing. It may be something. And you're trying to do that at a big scale right now. But it's like, if you could just like hold off on that and get this thing going over here, you'll have more time to fish or ride horses or whatever than you ever imagined. If you could just focus in a big way on this other thing. Right. Uh, and so, so that's ultimately what happened with my wife and I, we, we, it was like, uh, we were at the beach one fall and I was training horses professionally. I was traveling, doing clinics. I was building a brand around that kind of like I've done in the real estate business, but not near to this scale. And I, I mean, I was, I was teaching at big arenas in front of hundreds and hundreds of people. I was doing lots of things, making a lot of money training horses. And, and however, guess what? It was never going to be passive and it was right. always going to require me to work 80 hours a week. You know, even if I left my federal agent position, it, you know, everybody wanted me to work with their horse, not people working for me, yes. you know. So yes. finally, we were at the beach one fall, Devin, and my wife and I were really just reflecting on on our life right then and what we wanted it to be three, you know, a year, three years from then, five years from then. And is this what it's going to be, you know, and, right. and we call it like thinking time is so good. Like I try to have daily thinking time now, but it was just time for us to reflect. And we were like, okay, something has to change and what's it going to be? And right. so we had the farm that we had always dreamed about. And, and I mean, we were in a great place and my family, I had the best job, J-O-B that probably most, anybody in my family had ever had. And, and so you can imagine looking in when I'm thinking about like doing something completely different. I mean, it just seems so crazy, right? However, even, even this, my wife and I at the beach, this was in, in the fall, maybe September and uh, beginning of September, we said, you know what, we got to sell the farm and we just got to sell everything related to that horse training business. And, and this wow. was, I mean, this was like a passion of mine, right? I mean, like I had reached levels in that, that I never thought that I could. And yep. I just thought, but it's what we have to do right now. And we did, we listed the house the next month. It was sold by Christmas and we moved. It was mass. It was crazy craziness, but we moved between Christmas and new year's. We rented a house oh, for six goodness. months. Yeah. What, it, it was just madness. Uh, we bought a small house in town. I put up two walls in the basement to make an office in probably not in not the best part of town. But that is where we lived for two years. And I did nothing but focus on commercial real estate, the podcast deals while being a federal agent. We were we were pursuing our third adoption process. I oh mean, it was goodness. just 
it was mass chaos. And, and I say, I mean, it's not for everyone uh, because it was quite stressful uh, to say the least. Um, could not have done it without my just amazing bride. I mean, she did, Chelsea did everything in the home for more than two years while I'm, I mean, I was traveling to conferences sometimes twice a month flying while doing 12 to 15 interviews on the podcast every other Monday. Uh, my team, I built a team of virtual assistants. Like they knew that, hey, I had two Mondays off a month from my federal agent position. And they knew they had to have 12 to 15 shows scheduled those days. And it would just, we called it a marathon day. It would just be back to back to back to back interviews. I would also be on other people's podcasts and take investors. Right. I mean, it was just, it was craziness to say the least. But my mentality though, at that time, it still is like, okay, let's not focus on how much work it, it is. Let's focus on, you know, getting started. And let's just, hey, if that's what it takes, let's just, let's do it. Let's get it started. Don't tell me how difficult it's going to be. I'm going to build a team. I'm going to find the people to help me get it done. And that's ultimately what we did for the podcast. And then ultimately then growing our team to start buying deals. And, and ultimately now, I mean, we're growing faster than I could have ever imagined. Uh, and, and yeah, it's just amazing, but uh, I'll be quiet for a minute. <laughs> I love it. There, there's so much in there, man. It, uh, first of all, that's just inspiring. It reminds me of the, um, this concept that to, to have extraordinary things, You've got to do what other people are not willing to do. And that last mile is not very crowded. There's just not mm -hmm. many people that are willing to commit to. Now, I say a daily podcast, right? I keep bringing that up because that's what, you know, that's one thing I know about you and I know about your company. But that indicates to people other things, right? Like right. this guy's that committed and is willing to do a whole lot of things that really almost nobody else is willing to do. What other areas is he committed in, right? Or willing to kind of do that, get out of your comfort zone, do things that nobody else is willing to do. And those are the people that succeed big, right? Time and time again, we study successful people. That's that's the attribute, right? So I, I absolutely love that. Do you think, so I know you crammed a lot into a couple of minutes there, but do you think you're naturally inclined to, to, to be an entrepreneur with all these plates spinning? Because I certainly recognize that in myself and I always got to have something going on and some big project. And like, I, it's kind of a requisite for me to be happy. Is that a part of your kind of mental operating system? It sure seems that way. I mean, yeah. I don't know that I've always been that way. Maybe uh -huh. I have, but I, I didn't know how to express it. I didn't, I wasn't raised around entrepreneurs or real estate investors. I didn't even know that this was a thing growing up, you know, right. raised in a one-stop plot town. I mean, I, I, you know, it was, I wasn't exposed to much as a kid, right? I mean, to think this way. Uh, and so I think maybe, you know, it was something when I was a child, but, but now I am that way. I'm like, Hey, let's, let's build that thing. Let's go do that. I, I, I can make it happen. Right. Even this morning I was talking to my wife and I was saying, Hey, how do you feel about these things? Uh, because I want your input now because hey, I'm going to go put them in place. I'm going to go make this happen. You know, like I'm going to, I'm going to start this thing. And if you have input, like I want to know right now, because I'm fixing, like, I want to put it behind us, get the ball rolling. Right. Uh, yep. And you know, and I reach out to her, like we have the team now where I can, Hey, I can call two people or we get on a zoom meeting and say, Hey, here's my ideas. This is, you know, let's put a timeline on this and let's talk about it again, two days from now or next week. And let's, let's put some feed on it. Right. So I, I would agree. That is, I feel that way when we have like, I'm managing a lot of things. I'm like, Hey, you do this, you do this, you do this. Like, that's when I'm like on a high almost, you know, like putting yeah. things in place. hundred percent. Yeah. I certainly resonate with that. Let's walk through the deal chronology. You got a couple of triplexes that, you know, was the first entry into real estate um, and then to a 15 unit, which you were self-managing. And, and what was that transition like for you um, going, going 
Yeah. So I had a partner on that and this partner knew that I wanted to do multifamily. That was kind of always my thing. I thought multi, but I I was always thinking triplexes, fourplex, you know, like smaller multifamily. I'd never imagined being able to do a hundred unit complex like that. If you'd asked me that at this time, I would have said, Oh, Devin, you're crazy. Maybe, you know, maybe 20 years from now, I don't know who those guys are that are able to do that. You know, that would have been my thought process. However, at that same time we were selling the farm, I went to my first like multifamily conference and, and my eyes were like opened again, you know, like in 2008 or so it was about real estate, right? Like I didn't realize like, Hey, millions of people built wealth in real estate. If they can do that, I can do it too. Yeah. Right. But then at this point it was like, wait a minute, you know, there's all these guys and gals who they've only been in the business a year or two and they're buying 100 unit buildings. And so I'm like, okay, once again, Hey, if, if they can do it, I can do it too. Like, let's get started. Where do I start? Like, how do I figure this out? Right. And that sent me on another path that 15 unit, this guy that I partnered with, he had, a, he had like a hundred single family homes, but he was nervous about doing bigger deals. Right. You know, but I mean, for some reason, but I wanted to do larger multifamily and he said, Hey, let's go do this together. We, we found this deal. We bought it together. And, and it wasn't a bad deal. I learned a lot. He learned a lot. You know, eventually I sold my portion to him so I could just be completely focused on, on larger commercial family and, and the LifeBridge Capital brand. He wasn't part of that. It was a totally separate thing. Um, and so that was, that was pretty much it. I learned a lot. And then I started the LifeBridge Capital stuff. And it was like, okay, that is a distraction right now. It's not the best yes. use of my time. Yes. And I just have to eliminate that. I don't, I don't even care if like we could make a lot more money a year from now. Like it's just time to let that go. So I can focus on this other thing that I believe is going to be a lot bigger. I, I love it. I love it. So there's, there's really nothing more powerful than face-to-face interaction with people that are doing what you want to do. There's just something happens by osmosis. And really a lot of the changes within ourselves, right. Is, Hey, that guy is just kind of a regular guy, you know, and I maybe relate to him in some way. And it just unlocks this thing in your brain that says, you have permission to go do that. This regular guy did it. Seems like a nice guy, That's maybe, right. but, but he's not a super genius or what, and not to disparage anybody, but there's this thing that happens in your brain that just gives you permission to pursue it. And I tell people that, you know, especially getting started, there's nothing more valuable than getting in a peer group or connecting with people that are already achieving what you want. It's just like, yes. the, it's the key to accelerating all this stuff. Um, and, it, and it sounds like that happened there. So the 15 units, um, what was in the, your chronology of deals here? What was the next project after, after that one? After that one, I, I partnered on a 398 unit and a 400 and some unit project, you know, with a mentor, right. You know, sure. that was, uh, it was very different, you know, types of deals. We were, I mean, that the 15 unit wasn't syndicated. I didn't have a clue what syndication was at that point, sure. you know, uh, never even thought about it. Uh, but then the next deal was with a mentor. I found a mentor shortly after that. Uh, And I mean, just push forward as hard as I could possibly go and, and, uh, you know, still working full time, doing all those things. And then uh, and then the next one was partnering with him on a couple of very large projects. So that's interesting. And this is something that I kind of counsel people on when when they're looking to get in this business. You took a small piece of a huge deal. Right. Um, And and I think that is such a great entry point into large multifamily. You know, I don't ever advocate somebody go buy 100 units their first time out or whatever. Um, But if you can be on the team of a big, huge deal, 400 units, whatever, right? You get a little piece, but you get 
a little piece of responsibility too. But I, I think about it as like a, a train track. You know, if you're if you're flipping houses or you're doing triplexes or whatever, you're kind of on one track and you're learning and growing on that track. Well, getting into a 400 unit deal, 200 unit deal, that's a different track entirely. It's still real estate. It is. It's just a different animal. But but then you got on that track even as a small participant. But then you've grown that, right? I mean, how, what right. happened after you got onto that track of large multifamily? You know, what happened to your progression after that? Yeah, great question. You know, that first project. So let me back up. So a little bit. So I started traveling like mad, like as hard as I can go, networking. You yes. know, like to, really, like flying somewhere twice a month, and that's not cheap, right? Going to these oh, conferences. Sure. But I was just like, you know what? This is what it takes. We're going to make it happen. I mean, we, we sold our farm. We were pursuing our third adoption. We also knew that that adoption was going to cost 50 to 60 grand. Uh, wow. And so even signing up for a, a mentoring program, even though it was $12,500 at the time, my wife and I were like, I don't know if we can do this. Like, Jeez. where is this money going to come from? Right. You know, like, I don't know. You know, I mean, looking back now, it's just crazy to think that way. But, you at know, the at time. the time, that was so much money for us, you know. Right. And so we just had faith for that. Um, we did. I started going to conferences, though, and just networking as hard as I could go, Devin, and, and meeting people. The first raise, I think I raised $250,000. And it was it was just from people that I've met at conferences. Nobody in my family is accredited. I mean, we, you know, that just wasn't an option. The family and friends thing. I didn't have wealthy family or friends. To say and I love, least, I love to you know? hear that, right? Because um, people need to understand that. Yeah. You know, if, if you have a tremendous network, that's a great asset, right? Oh, but such a good asset. It, it's not, um, you can build it, right? right? You can build that. It, you don't have to have generational wealth or be born into a wealthy family. And that is such a liberating concept, right? Now, yes. it takes a boatload of work and dedication, right? But that's, I don't say anybody can don't do that. Don't be crippled by it, right? If you're, if you're an able-bodied person in America, you can do that. You can work yes. your freaking tail off for a couple of years and build something that, you know, maybe other people would take generations to kind of have that kind of a network. So I just think that's so incredibly inspiring. And I, I love that you said that about your family and your background. And you really made this from scratch. And man, I, I just got a, a big old soft spot in my heart for people that have done that, man. I'm the same way, right? Came from yeah. no kind of background and, and built this thing up from nothing. And to me, there's nothing more inspiring than that than seeing that. Now, granted, <laughs> took a lot of elbow grease, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, you know that I raised two hundred fifty thousand, but it did so much more than that, Devin. It, it allowed my whole network to see me in a different light, right? Well, yes. Yes. you know, he's doing this large commercial deal, and they may they didn't invest maybe that first deal or even the second deal, but it allowed them to see me in that space, right? And then and then another yes. deal, right? And they're like, oh, well, wow, he's doing another project, you know, like that. And then finally the third one, or you know, uh, and it allowed me to. Experience my network that I've been working so hard to build, right? And it's kind of disappointing. I thought, man, I hoped I could raise more than that. Uh, honestly, I was pretty darn excited with 250000 Sure. You know, at that That's time. a great first uh, And so, yeah. I mean, with just no network. Uh, and, and so what happened though, the next deal, I, I doubled that. And the next deal, it more than doubled it. And the next deal, it way more than doubled it. And I mean, it's doubled almost every time for a good while. Um, and so, yep. you know, to the point, you know, 250000 on the first project to now, you know, 10 million or more in a few hours. Uh, and so, I, I mean, it's just an amazing, it, it's killed us to get here. <laughs> it killed me anyway. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, it's, Let me been, stop you, was, you said, you said $10 million raise on a, on a recent deal, right. And kind of like instantly. 
Yeah, I mean, yes. that's you know, within a few hours, it'd be more than oversubscribed. Yeah. Have a wait list. I just, yeah, I just want to call that out for folks that are listening, thinking, you know, how do I get into this business? And the caveat is always, you got to freaking work your tail off for years for nothing, right? That's you do. We're, we're not being, we're not kidding. And it costs about you that. a lot. Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, this does not come uh, without a cost in terms of everything, but you know, from, from a 250 K raise after doing a lot of work and, and on a first one to $10 million capital raise in, in the space of a couple of years, listen, man, I mean, that, that's, that's what, um, that's what's possible here. Right. And so that's I right. just want to underscore that. And I don't, I don't want to glaze over that. So sorry about that, but please continue. <laughs> no, no, that's exactly right. I mean, I just, I can't believe it either. Lord has just really blessed our business and, and the desire, you know, from investors to want to partner with us, uh, you know, a big part of that, I think, is our mission, our why. I talk about that often, uh, just our yep. component of our give back. And, and well, let's talk about LifeBridge and what, you know, what, what was the um, LifeBridge Capital, your company? Let's talk about the, ge- the genesis of that, you know, the inspiration for that. And, and what is it and what are you guys doing today with that? Yeah. It's maybe different than XYZ Capital that's buying an apartment deal. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And, and so, you know, in 2011, when my wife and I moved to Roanoke for the federal agent position, again, we'd only been married maybe two years or so. Uh, we, we met, the, we were listening to this pastor. He was talking about how they had adopted and how there were 160 million orphans in the world and how it can cost, you know, 40 to 60 grand to bring a child home through adoption and just the need. Wow. You know, like Growing up where we grew up, I, I was never exposed to adoption. Chelsea and I had never, we'd never talked about adopting before. I mean, it just, you know, I, we didn't know anybody that had been adopted, never been exposed to that. However, after hearing him talk about it, the, the biggest thing we could ask ourselves uh, was, why would we not adopt? Like, why would we not? I mean, it just seems like to make so much sense. Like, there's such a need. Like, why would we not? I, I mean, it just seemed that simple. Uh, and so within a week, we turned in our application to adopt from Ethiopia. Uh, and so two years later to the month, our, our son Samuel came home from Ethiopia. It was two last minute trips to Ethiopia. It was just a crazy process, but we're still oh thankful gosh, obviously that we did it. Um, and unfortunately, Ethiopia is closed now. You can't even adopt from there. He's one of the last few, you know, that got out. But, but anyway, before that happened, but a year later, our second son, Elijah, came home through adoption. It's another amazing story of just how the Lord provided. And I mean, that, that adoption, the Lord provided over $38,000 through fundraising. I mean, we couldn't afford it. I mean, we, you know, uh, at, at that time and, 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 but just fundraising, fundraising, fundraising. And, and then even our third adoption, uh, Eden Joy, we have a daughter now that's two years old. And when we started that adoption process though, uh, we expected a, the big expense. It's also the same time we were hiring a mentor and getting, you know, we're like, oh my goodness, you know, Lord, where's all this money going to come from? Right. Uh, I mean, it's such a, a, I mean, it's such a disaster financially because we, we were in the process. I won't get into all the details right now, but we got in the process ultimately at a failed placement loss, like 25 to $30,000 and wow. all that time spent. I mean, it was just, it's devastating, right? You, I mean, you're expecting to bring this child home and then it doesn't happen. Well, it did happen like six weeks later. It's an amazing story of just the Lord's hand in all that is all, all kinds of things that happened. But however, you, the big part of that too is uh, a friend of ours in the space was doing a big conference and did a big uh, raise, fundraise for our adoption and raised like $25,000 to Dan Hanford. Uh, I, I don't mind to mention him because he's an amazing friend. And he, you know, I mean, he just called me and said, Hey, I heard this happened. I'm doing this event. Why don't, why don't we just do a fundraise? And it was just amazing, Devin, that 
like I'd been putting myself out there for a year or so in this space at that time, I think. Uh, and, and like the people in our industry, it was incredible to see them come behind us and donate in big ways and partner with us on this adoption. I mean, it was just that, That's fantastic. So, yeah. So shout out to Dan Hanford, great operator, passiveinvesting.com. Right. Uh, friend, right. Friend of mine. And it, you know, the, the world gets very small, right. And multifamily yes. investing. Like we're all in different States. We all know each other. We invest in each other's deals, all that stuff. Um, right. And so he he put together a 25k at a conference, huh? For for this. Yeah, adoption. yeah. He said he called me. He said, "Hey, why don't we do this?" And I was like, "Well, that would be amazing." You know, I mean, it was like completely unexpected. And right. I mean, he didn't even hesitate. He just put it out there. I mean, people started donating. But you talk about being a small world. It's incredible. Like I've met so many of you and see, you know, we see each other at conferences and you know, hang out at a conference or get together or whatever. And, and it's like, we've, you know, we just, it is such a small world because then I could like all these people just started giving that I'd started meeting at all these conferences and people like yourself. I mean, it was just, it was incredible to see that start to happen. Right. And, and just help us in a big way. Cause we lost all that money uh, and still have to come up with like 30 more grand or more, you know, like uh, for this, you know, to adopt our daughter very fast. Um, and so that was just incredible. But, but that, all of that, uh, we had, you know, adopted our sons and because of the financial struggles there, we said, you know what, we want to help people through our real estate business. We want to be able to help people fund their adoption process. So it was our plan from the very beginning. We said, you know what, Lord, this is all yours. And we're going to commit half of our personal profits to a foundation that will help wow. families with a financial burden. So now we have, we, we, we received our approval for our nonprofit earlier this year, but we started Excellent. it last year, took a while to get approved, but. Yeah, yeah, thank you. It's called the LifeBridge Foundation. And and, and we were, uh, let's see, it's probably been three months ago now, we were able to help our first three families in a very big way. And we have probably four more families that'll be coming up here very soon. And so it's just incredible to see what the Lord has done, um, you know, and, and us allowing us to be a part of this nonprofit and help these families in a big way to commit to say, you know what, I can bring my child home now because the financial hurdle is not as, as big as it once uh, was believed to be, right? And so, that was our mission from the very beginning. It's neat to see that actually happen now. Uh, and and that's, that's something our investors get to play a role in. And it doesn't, it doesn't affect their returns at all, right? But they still, you know, they still, um, and, I, and I say that's our big secret. I was speaking at a conference, a big conference a couple of weeks ago, and, and they wanted me to share about this. And I say, you know what? People talk about the, the three, tri the triangle thing, you know, the no like, and trust, right? The yes. no like, and trust that all of us know that, that you got to have with an investor. We, you got to have those things, figure out how to get in front of them so they can know you, you know, and, and then you got to build that trust, all those things. But I see there's something else. If you want to raise a lot of capital, there's one thing that's missing. And what I say that is, is loyalty. And when you can create loyalty, like it's a totally different mindset from your investor. Like they want to partner with you over other people, even if it's slightly less returns. They want to see you succeed. It's a very different mentality. It's kind of like the, the loyalty brand to Apple. It's a, a, you know, I use that as an example. Like people see right. that Apple on something and it doesn't matter what device it is. It could be a, a computer, phone, monitor, DVD player, but it's just assumed that it's the best, right? Hey, this is, I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm not a big Apple fan, but that is, you know, that's the mentality. Behind exactly. it. Yeah. And that's what you want to create. And you do that by sharing your mission first. I love and it. so you go to a conference and I started seeing that happen, David. I didn't plan it that way. The Lord had a different plan, but I, I started going to these conferences and people say, hey, nice to meet you. What, what do you do? You know, that's the question you get, right? 
And I would say, well, you know, we are starting a nonprofit where we're helping families adopt children. We do that through our commercial real estate business, our investors. Of course, I say it slower than this, but our investors get to, uh, you know, participate in that, but it doesn't affect their returns at all. And it helps us to help these families bring, you know, save children. And so like that is such a surprise, like right. to that investor. And, and it's when they've spoken to, you know, maybe, maybe it's a 200 person conference, 500 person conference, even if it's sure. a 25 person event and they've spoken to, you know, spoke to 25 people, the chances of them remembering you are slim to none. I mean, like, you know, they're just, they probably will not remember you if everybody's talking about real estate. But when you come in there and have something very different about you like that, they remember you. And it's also something that many people would be passionate about. It's a, it's a connection that's very different. You know, they see a personalized, personal component about you outside of business. And you can talk about real estate and try to impress them with your deals later. Right. But if that connection is so important uh, to be had and, and I tell people, like, if you only have five minutes with someone, what are they going to remember about you? Right. I love it. Thank you for, for sharing the story on that. It's really inspiring. And I think it's, um, you know, it's really kind of our responsibility at some level as business owners to, to do that. Right. To, to, be, to be able to give back. And that. The irony is that that generally results in a better business. I'll say generally, it does. You you give it away and it comes back to you in, in, in buckets, right? I, we started a foundation in 2020 for all the same reasons you're talking Good about. Good for you. It's like, this is what this is what I want my life to be about, right? And obviously the business has to work, numbers have to work, all that stuff. But uh, this is not just for for me. In fact, I tell my kids, y'all aren't getting anything. Dad's gonna build this big thing. And it's all going to go to the foundation when I pass. And so y'all better ask me questions and learn stuff while I'm here because this isn't all for, for Set me. Set the right expectation, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this isn't all for you guys. And, and I'll tell you, man, nothing nothing makes me happier than supporting um, some of the causes that we do, you know, children's surgeries and, and other stuff. It's, it's all it's all around disadvantaged kids. But like uh, it's, it's, it's another kind of level of the game to unlock. I, I don't, not everybody does it. But the people that do are, it's like, that's, that's the guy you want to be in business with, man. And, and clearly you, you guys have seen that. I love that. I, I had no idea that it was 50%. I mean, that is, that's amazing. And you know, there's that saying that blessed people bless people, right? I mean, I truly believe that in my heart and you, you guys have been blessed and you're continuing being a blessing to other people. I think uh, that's, that's super inspiring. And that makes the whole thing. You just want to do more of it, right? You're like, That's man, right. if we can do this sure. deal, what does that mean to these families? And it just puts a whole other spin. Obviously, we, we all need to manage our P&Ls and the teams and there's all, all the business stuff has to has to work, has to be profitable. But uh, you talk about giving life and energy to your company and to your team. Um, I don't know that there's a another thing that does it like, like that. Yes. Does. Yes. I didn't even, I didn't even mention that component, but it is, it's different for your employees as well. When they know like your investors and your employees want to be part of something bigger than just money. They may not yes. even know it, right. Yep. They may not even know it, but they want to be part of something bigger. And that just helps them in a big way. Like when I was able to share with the team, Hey, we just partnered with our first three families in a, I mean, in a big way, you know, like, like they're part of that too, you know, and, and it's just, it's very inspiring to them. And yeah, I just, I love that component also. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. So what, let's talk about the team today, right? I mean, you've gone from 
um, you, you know, salary to getting into investments, partnerships, then getting on the track with a mentor and the big deals, which by the way, seems to be very common, you know, kind of trajectory is like find a mentor to do the big stuff, start getting into the big deals. And then you're doing the big deals. We're talking mid 2021 right now. Um, you know, we all had kind of a fun ride last year with, with COVID, but multifamily did really well. I mean, kind of across the board. Um, what's the team look like today? What are you guys doing? What kind of deals are you buying? Um, what's ahead for, for the, you know, for the next year for you guys? Yeah. And it's exciting. I mean, as far as the team growth and deal flow and things like that, I mean, we did over a hundred million in 2020. I never imagined, you know, us accomplishing that. And, and it was four, you know, four capital raises that were very large. Well, three that were like 10 to 12 million and, you know, yeah. all filled up in, in 12 hours or less. And then we've done numerous raises this year that were similar, that were like three hours. So I'm, I mean, I, it's been incredible to see that growth. Uh, but I would say, you know, we're all in Colorado and Idaho. We're, I mean, we did all value add all, you know, everybody's heard that, right. The value add, uh, you know, I find that project that has mismanaged or yeah. is remodeling yeah. and we've done a bunch of those. Yeah. And then uh, we're also doing some development now also. Excellent. Uh, and so, so, you know, it's, it's, but it's by increasing our team. I am, and I'll tell our investors, like, I am not the expert developer and I don't claim to be right. But Hey, I'm, you know, I can find people that are experts that we align with uh, that, uh, Hey, we have complementary skill sets and we go out and make it happen. So um, my business partner and I met at a conference a few, well, it's been a few years ago now, uh, but just amazing story there as well. And, and, but it's been as soon as like he, we had complimentary skill sets and then he had been charging as hard as he could go over here. He had great deal flow, but no network, right. Ultimately. And so when uh, we were right. able to partner, it was like, man, we could just turn on the rockets and, and move in a big way. But since then, you know, we both have just amazing full-time assistants, which I would say are just priceless, by the way, expect to pay really good. If you want a really good assistant, it will just change your life. And then, and then, you know, investor relations person that's full-time. I have four full-time virtual assistants in the Philippines as well. Oh, and and we, we just hired an asset manager uh, and we're fixing to hire an acquisitions director and probably a marketing person full-time also. Um, And so it's, um, we're growing fast, you know, and we're trying to stay ahead of that with the team, right? And the expertise, sure. but it's sure. finding that class A talent. That's something I, I tried to get really good at a, a couple of years ago. And over the last year, even finding my assistant, big process for making sure that's the right person, right? And, and, and so, um, but I did, I tried to put the time in and make that happen. Um, but that's why now we can say, hey, you know, we can go, we can even think about a $50 million project, you know, like I, that just blows my mind to think about two, three years ago, like, you know, like I just wouldn't have even imagined, um, you know, and, and so it's just, the Lord's just really blessed our business and made great connections. And, you know, even people like yourself, Devin, I mean, that, that we just never imagined, you know, doing deals with or being uh, just being friends with really. Yeah, hundred percent. And, you know, I think about this a lot. I tell people it's network is number one. If you look at kind of assets in your, in your life and your business network by a mile is number one, then it's your skill sets and then it's your money, right. It's kind of the, the last one, but that network is just uh, change your life, right. Change your life. For you sure. become, you For become sure. the people you hang around with and you can intentionally choose that. Uh, and, and it's just, that's just kind of the bottom line. It's oversimplification, but it's the, it's the truth. Um, I love it. Well, thanks for the overview of the, of the team and, and congratulations on that, on that growth um, and getting into some different areas, right? Getting into the, to, to the development and, and uh, whatnot. What do you say to somebody that is you a handful of years ago, right? W2 job, 
wanting, maybe heard about real estate investing, wanting to create some wealth and a different life, but they got nothing and they're, they're just starting out. What, what do you tell that person? Mentor. You need yeah. a mentor. You need, I mean, I, I know that's, you hear that on every podcast. No, I mean, sure, sure. So many people say the same thing, but that yep. should tell you something, right? I mean, yeah. Devin is so experienced. He's talked to so many people in this business as well. And it's like so common, you know, you need a mentor. You need somebody that has, will answer that question for you. You know, yeah. that's been there and done that. It gives you such another like level of confidence that you never had before, you know, right. having that person on your team, it's just a, a very different thing. And they don't have to be paid, but I often say if you can, they're not all mentors are not created equal, by the way, but when yeah. you can find that good one, I mean, it is, it's life changing uh, to say the least uh, it's, it's, uh, and I even say, I was talking to uh, a few people I try to mentor at a time. And one specifically yesterday was talking about, man, daily show. I just don't think that, you know, he's going to try to do like three a week now, you know, yep. and he's like, he's really struggling to think through that, you know, can I really get that done? And I'm like, yeah. it's a mindset. It is a it mindset, is. you know? And, you know, if I, and I tell people, if I told you in three months, you had to run a marathon, you know, you'd be stressing about it, right? But you're going to start working, working, working. And then say a week before I said, well, you know what? It's just going to be a half marathon. You'd be like, okay, I got this. Right. But even in the beginning, if I had said a half marathon, you'd have been stressing just the same. Right. That's right. So even doing 15, I told, I told him, I used to do 15 shows in a day. And if you have to do it, you will, you know, like if you have to do it, you'll get it done. Right. How fast do you want to get there? And you talked about the network. How fast do you want to make it happen? You know, so it's just a mindset thing. I don't want to do 15 shows in a day. Now I wouldn't do it, but, uh, and it's not for everybody. Because sure. It's quite insane, but it, <laughs> it, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? A, a buddy of mine, a uh, real estate investor is fond of saying somebody out there right now is doing a lot more than you with a lot less. That and is that so is true. Always true. You know? And so a lot of it is just adjusting our expectations. And a lot of it, I think is this, entrepreneur versus w2 mentality w2 eight and skate punch the clock check the box that's kind of one mentality the entrepreneur is like uh hey man you know i recognize this nearly unlimited potential i recognize this gift of life i've been given and i'm gonna you know your capability is generally much 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 greater than you probably give yourself credit for you just you got to work your freaking tail off for it, right? <laughs> that is right. That is right. You have to be willing to do what the 99% will not do, right? 100%. Like you mentioned 100%. earlier. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the, the latest. Can you talk about your latest acquisition? Just kind of give people an idea of like the, the, the market type of deal size, that kind of, that kind of stuff, just, to, just for some context here. Yeah. I mean, the last two projects that, that we've gone under contract on have been development projects. Uh, yeah. And that's not been our typical, you know, our pride and joy have been the value add, you know, B minus C plus type projects. Yep. And, you know, I would say, you know, most of those have been, uh, I mean, they've been, our smallest have been 114 units, 15 million. I mean, our first deal that my business partner and I did together was 19 million. Uh, and, and the next one, I think was, it was 28 or 9 million. And then we've done a few $30 million projects, you know, or, or 35 million, you know, since then. Uh, and then um, the last, you said about the last one, I mean, development project, 160 some units. Uh, but this was developer so we we bought a project from this developer he was self-managing this deal multifamily project and 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 it, it was we we're not typically looking for class a projects but uh and this wasn't class a when you consider amenities things like that but it was brand new it was a nice project built in two phases 17 and 19 
created right. a relationship with him. He's been, he's been developing in this market for like 20 years. I mean, he's doing all kinds of developments, but guess what? He has a, he can't raise capital like we can. He doesn't have that network. Right. Yep. Uh, and so, so now to help him and to help us, you know, we put a deal under contract that won't be done for a year um, and went ahead and put it under contract. And so that, that allows him not to have to go get funding like he would normally have to go get, right? right? But it's our, sure. it's our project, but now we're hiring him ultimately to finish developing it. Uh, and so we expect to have six to $8 million of equity in that project the day we close. Uh, right. if, not, if, if the market keeps going like it's going, it'll be more, a lot more than that. Uh, yeah. But either way, uh, you know, it's, it's finding those key people, right, that are really good at what they're doing. Uh, it, it's not me trying to be the an amazing developer because that would take many years, right? Uh, many right. years and, and not, not where I'm the most valuable. So, um, so anyway, that's the last couple types of projects. Another one very similar to that. Uh, but we're also, uh, we put another project under contract in Colorado, uh, probably three weeks ago. Uh, it'll be the first deal in our, in a fund we're fixing to launch, uh, uh, 506C by the way. Uh, uh, and so, um, so that will, it's a value add type. It's actually a portfolio. There's three different properties, uh, but it's smaller altogether. It's like 140 or 50 units, um, but over three properties. Um, and so there are a couple of properties that will be more value add. One is pretty nice already, honestly, um, but it's been self-managed by the same person for many years. And so there's lots of just inefficiencies there that we can go in with better management and fix. And we've probably created more value over many projects now, just do better management than anything else. It's, right. it's, it's crazy to see that, you know, it's like, haven't you all not thought of these things, you know, or read a book? <laughs> but anyway, uh, but that's been the typical types of deals. And, and that's the most recent ones as well. I love it. Well, thanks for some of the, the detail on that. Um, and co listen, congratulations. I remember being on your podcast many moons ago, like right when you were starting out. And to, to talk to you now and hear you talk about the kind of deals you guys are working on, it just fires me up. And so congratulations on your success. Congratulations on the, the 501c3, giving back the whole thing. Now that the, the flywheel is moving, like I can't wait to have you on the, the podcast another two years, man, and just hear what what Whitney Sewell's up to and what new things you guys are doing, man. Because because getting like anything, getting it up and running is like massively difficult. But once the flywheel's running, it's almost like you can't stop it now, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, deal flow's coming in, investors are probably coming in every day to talk to you guys. It's this snowball just running downhill. And that's, once you have that momentum, man, it is, that is super exciting. And, and listen, how many more families are you guys going to help in the next 10 years, right? Through, through all this stuff. I just, nothing gets me more fired up than, than all of that. So congratulations. If people want to connect with you uh, and learn about LifeBridge, learn about you, what's a good avenue for that, Whitney? Yeah, I would say thank you. And I would say it's just because of the Lord, his hand in our business and life and and you just give him the credit completely. And, and, uh, but to connect with me, lifebridgecapital.com, you can email me, Whitney at lifebridgecapital.com. You can call or text me, 540-585-4338. We'd love, love to connect with anyone or help any way we can. Awesome. We'll link to that in the show notes. And uh, Whitney, thank you. Listen, congratulations on all the success on the team. Um, let's connect in another little while because I, I want to check in with you, you know, on a, on a kind of maybe annual basis or something. We should do the same. It's been so long. We should have you back on my show now. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to. I'd love to. Well, anytime. Yeah, let's do so. it. Awesome. Well, listen, it was great catching up my friend. Um, congratulations. Wish you continued success for you and the team and the, and the foundation and we'll catch up soon. Thank you. All right. We'll see you.
Hey, thanks for listening to the show. I hope you found that educational, entertaining, inspiring, all of the above. If you are interested in seeing future DJE investment projects and you are not already on our list and in our portal, uh, you can go to the website, djetexas.com. There's a little button there to schedule a 15-minute call with our team, answer any questions you have, and make sure you get on that list to see that next project that comes out. Also, if you're interested in being uh, an investor that runs these deals, we've got a free seven-module course for you at apartmenteducators.com. Uh, a lot of great free content there to ramp up your education in the multifamily investing space. Once again, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. We always appreciate a five-star review. That helps the reach of the show. That's one way you can give back if you enjoyed it, and we'll see you on the next one. Take care. Thank you for listening to the DJE Podcast. For more information, please go to djetexas.com.